my field daisies. Welcome to the fourth episode of Daisyish Days, the podcast. Today's life lesson is, uh, I don't know, I have, I was really struggling to try to find a life lesson this week. I didn't really have many revelations, but there is this one thing. So I like to go swimming, like recreational, like lap swimming. I used to be a swimmer when I was in high school. And I hated it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I hated the uh, competition aspect of being a swimmer, like of, of racing and competing against others. But just lap swimming on my own, I love it. I love it so much. But I oftentimes struggle with getting. Uh, getting myself to go like I just keep on thinking about the shock and the uncomfortable feeling of jumping into the water and the coldness of it but that feeling only really lasts for the first two laps and then after that it is a breeze it feels wonderful you're exercising you're just floating in the water it's it's amazing and I think a lot of us struggle with that in terms of exercising. We, we, we struggle to put on those gym clothes, to drive to the gym, to go to that yoga class, to go to that spin class, to take two steps out of your front door and start walking. Um, but for me, I have to remind myself that even though that hurdle is so uh, huge to jump over... After I'm done exercising, I always feel great. I don't regret it at all. I'm really glad that I did it. it. It releases endorphins. It makes my day so much more productive and better. And so if you are struggling to uh, get out there and, you know, take that first leap, I just have to say, for me personally, just remembering um, that you always feel amazing after and the first uh, minute might feel terrible but once you get into it you really like it and that really brings me to today's topic or well one of today's topics um, I am going to be talking about celebrities and some of them who endorse uh, let's just say uh, controversial or um Basically, uh, ways to burn fat fast, weight loss uh, fad products, and how that is detrimental to the way we think about ourselves and body image issues. But that's not the first thing we're going to talk about. That's in part two. The part one is very interesting, uh, and you'll just have to stay tuned until after the intro to hear what it's about. So without further ado... Let's roll the intro music. Thank you, Yara and Gibson, for that wonderful intro song, and hello, my field daisies. So the first thing I want to talk about today is a phenomenon that I have noticed that I'm wondering if anyone else has noticed as well. And that is how different social media rules apply to celebrities uh, versus us common folk. And let me explain. So whenever a celebrity posts something controversial or something that they did not mean to post and deletes it, it's never really fully deleted. Uh, news articles begin to appear and the articles always say that once something is on the internet it is on the internet forever you can delete but you can't escape a screenshot 
But that's not really true for the average Joes and Janes. When I delete, it is deleted forever. Uh, Before Instagram had the archive function uh, where you can take photos off your profile but still keep them for your personal record, I deleted permanently a lot of Instagram posts. I have been using Instagram since 2012 and there is a lot of content that I was posting when I first used Instagram that that it was not Instagram worthy. Uh, Some of my first few posts include a teapot, some Chinese candy, and a black and white photo of a fire escape. <laughs> but yeah, now all those are gone, uh, and I will never get them back. Um, I have deleted, I've archived, I've changed my captions. When I noticed I made a mistake or I wanted to add a different emoji, I have brought pictures back countless of times, and no one even notices. Or if they do, they don't say anything. And if they screenshot, it never resurfaces on the internet. It just, you know, goes into their private group chat and they they gossip and talk about it. So the notion of permanence on the internet really only applies to those who have archivers, little little librarians who screenshot everything they say and post. And having devoted followers, I guess, is both a blessing and a curse. On one hand, nothing is deleted. And then on the other hand, nothing is deleted. I'll give you an example of the difference. So uh, earlier this year, Ariana Grande posted a photo on her Instagram of her new hand tattoo. She got a tattoo on the palm of her hand for her song Seven Rings, and she got the word Seven Rings tattooed in Japanese. But it was quickly discovered that uh, what she actually got tattooed was the Japanese-style barbecue grill rather than Seven Rings. She left out uh, a few characters. And so she deleted the photo from Instagram, but it still very much exists. Countless of news outlets and gossip magazines Cosmopolitan, USA Today, uh, The Guardian, they posted um, screenshots of the deleted photo. And Ariana even tweeted a response to someone calling out the misspelled tattoo writing, uh, just paraphrasing that she yes, she left out those characters, but it hurt like a lot, but it still looks tight and I wouldn't have lasted one more symbol, but it peels a ton so it won't last. And if she misses it, she'll suffer through the whole thing uh, another time. She deleted this tweet, but news outlets uh, have been posting the screenshot. Now, don't get me wrong. I I love Ariana Grande. She is my queen and everything. Her music is wonderful. Every album, amazing. And, And I like her, dare I say, better than Mariah Carey. But personally, I feel like if you don't fully know a language, you shouldn't get it tattooed on your body. I would even be okay if you were a foreigner and you lived in that country and learned the language fluently, then I think it is slightly more acceptable to get that language tattooed on yourself. But if you don't know the language and you just think it looks cool or tight, um, not only might you, you might make a mistake, um, but also cultural appropriation is very offensive. Uh, she is not Japanese. And as someone who is of Asian descent, it is frustrating, honestly, to see people who blatantly don't know the language and just get the characters on their body because it looks cool. 
there's a lo- there's a big difference I think between Eastern languages versus Western languages.、Uh, I feel like if you know English, then you have a general notion of the way Spanish or German or Italian works. But in terms of Japanese, Korean, and you know Chinese,、uh, the way the mechanics of that language works is completely different. So, so I'm Chinese, right? But I still don't feel comfortable getting Chinese tattooed on my body because it's not my first language. My parents were born in China, but they immigrated to the United States, and I was born here. And it is the only place I have lived my entire life. I am fully and completely Americanized. My birth certificate is an English name, but I do have a Chinese nickname, which is Dai Shi, because Dai Shi sounds like Daisy.、Uh, and I've always been told by my parents that it means、uh, bring hope. Uh, Dai Shi was the only thing that I wrote or knew how to write、uh, growing up in Chinese. I would write our last name and and Shi Hope, and it wasn't until a few years ago that I found out through Googling that our last name Dai is actually not the same Dai as、uh, Bring.、Um, our our last name Dai actually means generation or dynasty. So here's a little Chinese lesson from someone who speaks Chinese with an American accent.、Um, in Chinese,、uh, words have the same pinyin, which is basically the alphabetical version of a Chinese word, the way that it is pronounced in alphabetically. But these alphabetical words have different inflections, like umlauts.、Uh, umlauts is kind of a German thing, but basically they have lines. Like you can have a straight line, you can have an arrow, you can have a slant, different slants, and the and these represent the different Emphasizes, emphasizes <laughs> that you should have on each of these words. So the most thing that I can really explain it is it's similar to the word bow and bow. So hair bow and bow down are both spelled the same. But imagine if hair bow was pronounced bow and um and bow and bow um they so basically. <laughs> It's confusing, right? So hair bow、um, would be different from bow down. So like the way that you pronounce it、um, means it's an entirely different word. And just imagine that almost every word in the English language is like this. They have the same、um, pinyin spelling, but、um, the way you say it is a completely different word. That is the best way I can really describe Chinese, and it's, it's you have to memorize each character. Each character is a word. It's not like you can string together twenty six letters of the alphabet and they become different words. And so、uh, there are many different kinds of shes, right?、Um, and so the one I wrote meant hope, but there's also shueshi, which is learn, or ngo shihuanyi, which is I like you. But then I could also say ngo shihuanyi ai ngo or something, and so that means I hope you love me. And so basically, when I was writing dai shi in Chinese,、um, it essentially means nothing in Chinese. If you Google translate it, it's nothing. I guess a direct translation could mean generation hope, which is kind of cool. I like it, and I do think millennials, my age group, is generation hope. We are the youngest demographic eligible to vote, and it's up to us to be the progressive, <laughs> progressive voice against bigotry and corruption. So, small plug to all my fellow millennials to please vote. And I do want to get Daishi tattooed on me someday.、Uh, my last name and the word hope.、Um, 
And honestly, I probably could. I could probably get it tattooed on me and post it on Instagram and there would be very little backlash, even though it means nothing in the language. I could delete it and no one would ever uh, have a record that it existed. And that is because the way us civilians use social media is vastly different from someone in the public eye. And while us average Joes and average Janes aren't necessarily tracked and archived on social media by devoted fans like celebrities, the internet has a scary way of tracking everyone. And these things are known as people finder sites. So these sites act as data brokers. Uh, They suck up public and private records, such as your court or motor vehicle records, your postal service change of addresses, even um, your subscriptions to magazines or brands that you've engaged with on social media. They collect all this data and they have your address. So this week I tested one of these sites. It's called Fast People Search. And if you type someone's name and zip code in their search bar, you can find their phone number, their email, and their home address. Even who they might be related to. This website is scary accurate. I I did my name and my zip code. And the thing that popped up was my phone number and address. Now, it was my old phone number and my old address, but it, it was my old phone number and address. So if you've had the same cell phone since you've had a cell phone, you've never changed your number, chances are that information is out there readily, easily. And there are ways uh, to opt out of these sites. Uh, I'll link... Uh, uh, in my reference links uh, for my Patreons, I'll leave a link for, for you guys uh, to check out if you want to um, opt out. Um, but yeah, this information can be extremely deadly in the wrong hands. I tested it with some of my favorite YouTubers. And the, the reason why I wanted to do this was because I know what the inside of their houses look like. <laughs> Not in a creepy way, okay? They just film at their house, and so I, haven't, I have a general idea right? And you know what? I found some of their current addresses and I'm not going to disclose what the addresses are. I mean, if you want to search it, it's extremely easy. But I do have a disclaimer that I don't condone stalking these people or any of your favorite celebrities. It is intrusive and you will probably get arrested. Um, David Dobrik, he's one of my favorite YouTubers. I've mentioned him, I think, on every podcast thus far. But yeah, he he, he has also has a podcast and he talks a lot about how he's basically begging people to not come to his house. It's it's scary. It's creepy. Um, and yeah, he even did a vlog about someone breaking in and falling asleep at his house. I don't know if this guy was a fan, but yeah, he called the cops and the guy was taken away. I'll put the link of the vlog in my Patreon. Um, but yeah, I, I Googled or... People searched David Dobrik and it gave me his current address. And how do I know that? Well, I copied the address, put it into Google, and I got the real estate listing of the house complete with photos and how much it costs, by the way. But yeah, I recognized the backyard and the kitchen. And I not only got his current address, I got his address in Vernon Hills as well. So I think I have his parents' address as well. Um, Yeah, it's insanely creepy. It's not just him. I, I did a bunch of other YouTubers and some of them I can't find because they have very common names. But Grace Helbig, I did her. It gave me her current address. Same. I Googled the address, real estate listing recognized the kitchen she's done a lot of cooking videos in them etc and one more uh trisha paytas i uh googled her current address and i recognized the kitchen 
Uh, she does a lot of, lot, a lot of videos in there where she sits on the floor of the kitchen and she cries and does a bunch of other things. Um, yeah, she is a bit of a controversial YouTuber, I would have to say. Uh, she talks a lot about her struggle with weight and how her body image issues really takes a toll on her mental health and self-esteem. And yet she is known for mukbangs. Mukbangs, uh, it's a YouTube trend, if you don't know. It's basically when YouTubers buy a ridiculous amount of food and eat it on camera and talk. It is surprisingly entertaining. I know it sounds really boring, but a lot of YouTubers have are doing it and it's just a thing this gluttony it's a thing but yes she does these mukbangs and then she also does water fasts and egg fasts and promotes fad weight loss products on her social media powders that curb appetite these these really unhealthy ways to lose weight and she's not the only celebrity that does this um no hate or shame on trisha uh, i think she is a funny and um, entertaining YouTuber, but I do have a serious qualm with the way uh, she promotes um, unhealthy ways to um, unhealthy visions of what uh, of of weight and what skinny means and etc. This brings me to uh, the next topic I want to talk about, and that is the influence of celebrity on us via social media. In particular, their endorsements of harmful detox and diet waste weight loss products that are proven to be harmful to your health and can encourage disordered eating. So I'm going to take a quick, short, sincere shout out break, and then I will be back to talk about that. So stay tuned. So for the first sincere shout out, uh, it has to go to this water bottle company called Hydropeak. I bought it randomly at TJ Maxx. Uh, I needed a new water bottle and it looked really nice. And I have to say, I have been loving it so far. So it has a uh, leak proof or, or sweat proof design uh, where it's like insulated. So it stays cold for 24 hours, stays hot for 12 hours. It's this metal uh, water bottle thing, uh, 100% stainless steel, BPA free, etc. Regardless, um, it's it's made me drink more water, which is why I like it. And yeah, um, I can't necessarily find the, the model I have. Um, a lot of stuff that goes to TJ Maxx is often, I guess, discontinued or whatever. But I mean, if you go on their website, they do have a bunch of different options. Um, so yeah, check it out. Okay, and we are back for part two. Now, the standard for beauty has always been ridiculously high for women. And there's a funny meme that's out there right now that says, uh, you're not ugly, you're just poor. (laughs) And while, yes, this is supposed to make you laugh, uh, many a truth is set in jest. And these celebrities uh, who have um, this... This, this gorgeousness about them. They're attributing their beauty and perfect bodies to these um, fake um, burning, fat burning elixirs, uh, when in reality, their beauty comes from their ability to afford lipo, Botox, lash lifts, lip injections, or even just better food or an expensive trainer. They also have the resources to hire a professional photographer that can Photoshop away their blemishes or make their waist look smaller. 
there are a multitude of things that are more likely the cause for their good looks than these fad diet products, and yet they are claiming you could look like them if you buy these pseudoscience magic powders, pills, and teas. The teas are, let's spill the tea, sis. Uh, the teas are what really get me because they are basically just laxatives, which is what you use when you're constipated, but they, and they don't help you lose fat. They just help you lose water weight and using them could actually perpetuate your constipation issues because your body will get used to them if you use them for long periods of time. Detox tea programs usually come in two parts, right? A daytime tea and a nighttime tea. It sounds sweet, right? But the daytime tea is pumped with caffeine blends of green tea and yerba made and whatever, as well as uh, herbs like dandelion root that are known to have a um, direct... Ooh, diuretic, I cannot speak today, effect. In layman terms, it makes it basically means you, you pee more, okay? And then the nighttime tea, which is the cleansing detoxification tea, is, uh, uh, is, is, is the laxative part. It has the center root, it has leaves, whatever. And that is used to treat constipation, like I said, and clear the bowels of people. Um, yeah, pre-colonoscopy. Pre-colon- struggling with words right now but yeah um layman terms it makes you poop more uh making you have to go to the bathroom uh, a lot actually it's a, it's why you'll find warnings on these teas uh, making sure you ensure that you have a ready readily accessible um access to a toilet during the day until you know how your body reacts to the tea um it's insane. It's insane that this laxative is being marketed as something that can help you actively burn fat and lose weight. And in a sense, all advertisements have this um, aura about them now. They're not just selling what the product does. They're selling a dream and a feeling. This product will change your life. It will bring you happiness. This tea blend that produces a mild laxative effect it's not that. No, this same tea is marketed as a key to a flatter tummy, a more slimmer and more beautiful you. And studies have shown that at least uh, 23,000 emergency room visits in the United States each year can be traced back to the use of dietary supplements. And complaints have included heart palpitations, chest pains, difficulty swallowing, And the problem with these supplements is that they're even worse than prescription drugs because the products can be obtained over the counter without a doctor's approval. So people are buying these solely because of testimony of celebrities. And the reason why this is dangerous is because these endorsements really don't tell you the risks um, of these products. They just say the results and benefits, which are not even necessarily results and benefits that that are allegedly true. Um, and even more problematic, there is not a disclosure of the financial agreements between uh, these companies and celebrities and the amount of money that is spent um, on advertising these drugs on social media. Um, in 2007, Michael Heller, with an interview with Harper's Bazaar, he's the CEO of a digital marketing firm um, that manages a lot of the reality TV fatality tv um deals made by the kardashians and he estimated this is 2017 by the way i'm sure this has increased by then but yeah he estimates that kim kardashian can get up to 500k for a post on instagram 
and the other sisters can get um 250k 400k um and these products that they endorse, these weight loss teas, these waist trainers, the reason why companies are willing to give this much money to them is because when they post about it, they sell out almost immediately. And so the brands are guaranteed a return on investment. There's another meme that's floating around that says, I wasted all my skinny years thinking I was fat. We spend time regretting not being skinny enough. And then we look at that moment and then regret our regret because we are bigger now. We weigh more now. And that cycle continues. And to be honest, you shouldn't necessarily weigh yourself by how much, how many pounds you weigh. In 2018, uh, Jamila Jamil started a campaign where she posted a mirror selfie, adding text to say what she weighs herself by. Things like being financially independent, loving her job, great friends, speaking about out about women's rights, and liking herself in spite of everything she's been taught by the media to hate herself for. And this started a movement uh, where people posted their own mirror selfies with text saying how they measure themselves other than weight. And now she runs an Instagram account called I Way I underscore Way that promotes body positivity. And one of their Instagram stories today on this um, account was a quote saying, if it costs you your peace, it's too expensive. So should we really be following these celebrities? Kim Kardashian has currently 134 million followers on Instagram. Should we be following these celebrities that fuel our feelings of unworthiness, um, setting unattainable goals of beauty, and selling us this, this slew of futile products that will cure our self-consciousness? I mean, it's free to follow, but is it worth the cost? So in March, Khloe Kardashian posted a photo of herself uh, with a flat tummy meal replacement shakes from Flat Tummy Company. Ooh, the company's literally called Flat Tummy. And she said she added them to her routine two weeks ago, and the progress is undeniable. And Jamil, she commented, actually, so savage, she commented saying, if you're too irresponsible to A, own up to the fact that you have a personal trainer, nutritionist, probable chef, and a surgeon to achieve your aesthetic rather than this laxative product, dot, 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 and B, tell them the side effects of this non-FDA approved product that most doctors are saying aren't healthy, side effects such as possible flat tummy tea side effects are cramping, stomach pains, diarrhea and dehydration dot 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 then i guess i have to and chloe she just recently addressed uh jamil's comments um with the new york times saying that she doesn't have a chef and that she makes a point to post her workouts on snapchats for people who can't afford a personal trainer in my opinion this is just avoiding the question and just making up excuses um about why she is not the evil person that jamil is trying to make her out to be um, Kim Kardashian also spoke out in the interview, adding that they only represent products that they actually use. And she says she chooses to take these endorsements for her family. But she, you know, and so I feel like Kim does this a lot, actually, that she um, avoids answering questions by bringing her family into the equation. Um, you know, like she, like I think um, 
uh, I think Jennifer Lawrence, she was substituting for like Jimmy Fallon or something. And they, um, she was interviewing Kim Kardashian and they brought up OJ Simpson and she didn't really have necessarily any comments, basically saying that she was thinking about the children and she doesn't want to, you know, get into the drama because of the children, which is noble in a certain way. But essentially, as Jamil, uh, Jamil, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, um, eloquently put, essentially, um, y'all, she didn't say y'all, but y'all are effing the young, impressionable people or those struggling with eating disorders and saying that uh, instead, no, we want money. And she said that um, she has also been given these opportunities by these companies, but she doesn't do it. So they don't have to. And then she said, thank you, next. Uh, a nod towards our queen, Ariana Grande. She also added that their pockets are lined, not with gold, but with the blood and diarrhea of teenage girls. And that is a horrific uh, analogy, but sadly, sort of kind of true. Now, Jamila Jamil is a major activist for body positivity and feminism, and she is now looking at social media outlets to be the ones to stop the spread of detrimental, misleading sponsorships with a petition on change.org calling on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Snapchat to stop these uh, being posted by celebrities. And uh, I'll put a link to the uh, petition for my Patreons. Um, if you want to go check it out, patreon.com slash daisyish days, uh, and please sign the petition. I think it's really, really worth it to sign because, um, we put, um, the health risks on (laughs) health risks on cigarettes and all these drugs, yet nobody is forced to do the same with these weight loss products in spite of thousands of medical professionals speaking out about the harm and pseudoscience of it all. And so what is the conclusion to this part two segment? I am hesitant to say, actually, because it's one thing to preach about weighing yourself by your accomplishments and uh, not giving in to societal pressures about how much you weigh. But I have to say it is easier said than done because it is it is integrated into our culture and ideologies. It's a hard to break this cycle of thinking because we have always been taught to think this way. And I just want to say I don't have the right answer on how to change this way of thinking because I struggle to do it every day. Um, It's, it's, it's pleasant and it is noble and it is admirable to say that um, I don't think of myself about how, how much I weigh, but as a woman, um, I have, I have seen on the movie screens, on the magazines, these women who are skinnier than I and that they and they seem um more beautiful in a certain way I even I even hate to say that but it's true it's the thoughts that go in my head and it hurts when you know clothes don't fit anymore or you're a size bigger or whatever I also hate how um extra large and extra small is a thing like I don't like that that is the next level from large or even anything like that I don't know I don't even know what I'm saying anymore, but all I'm saying is that I think deleting and muting celebrities or even friends who promote these products may be one way to start changing the narrative inside our heads. I mean, I haven't started doing this. Um, I haven't unfollowed Trisha Paytas or any of the Kardashians, 
But next time I do see some of these um, ads and content on their um, profiles and in my feed, I think I'm going to start unfollowing. I mean, it's really unhealthy. And it's really, really sad that they promote these things and that they have hundreds of millions of followers and yet, yet they're pro- pro- <laughs> promoting this falsehood, this, this falsehood dream of obtaining their beauty through these products, even though their beauty is attributed to more and more, just like millions of dollars or that might not be, that might be an exaggeration, but surgeries and better food and plastic surgery whatever (laughs) so yes I guess I will conclude this segment by saying to all the women out there that I I feel your pain and I know that preaching this stuff of self-love and body positivity some may even seem a bit a bit like uh like like shaming shaming you for thinking um that you shouldn't uh think about your weight and how much you weigh and etc because i'm not trying to shame you you know i, I because i i also too face on a daily basis this 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 struggle of not determining your self-worth of about what you look like so Please understand that um, that I, I I feel I feel your pain and to and to all the boys and men out there that listen to my podcast, um, please don't necessarily attribute a woman's worth to what she looks like. Um, that is that is very very offensive to us, and I I personally don't find it a compliment. I guess. Um, if you say, you know, how beautiful or how pretty I look. Yes, that is such a compliment. But I mean, I would like to be complimented on my wit and my thoughts as well. Yeah. All right. So this is the end of part two. Um, We're going to take another little short, sincere shout out break. And then we are going to wrap up the podcast with some of my latest media obsessions. All right. Bye. This last sincere shout out is actually not a product. It's something for free. So you can do it uh, automatically. Don't have to pay anything. And it is a yoga video that I really, really like. So I have been doing the same two yoga videos for about five, maybe more years now. Um, Of course, I do. I try other ones, but I always go back to these two. These two are my go-to. So um, they are uh, posted by Emerald Island Relaxation, and it is their yoga morning heart expanding practice intermediate yoga class, full length, 49 minutes, and their grounding afternoon yoga practice, full length intermediate class, 45 minutes. Uh, I really like it. It's, uh, I think they're doing like vinyasa yoga, but um, it's, it says it's intermediate, but it is pretty um, simple, I guess. It's not too straining. Um, I'm not the best balancer and they don't do too many tricky balancing things um, in the practice. So yeah, if you, if you like yoga or even if you don't, uh, please check it out. It's free. (laughs) All right, back to the podcast. And we are back, my field daisies, for my media obsessions of the week. 
I have been obsessed with the song How It Ends by Emily Warren. And I didn't know this until today, until I just looked it up, that she is also on Capsize by Friendship, which was released in 2016. And I listened to that song... Uh, on repeat uh, constantly. I didn't even know she was one of the singers on it. Um, such a good song. It's like, capsize, I'm first in the water. <laughs> Too close to the bottom. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so How It Ends is a song about a girl and a boy, like most songs. And the boy is asking, you know, will we be together forever, brokenhearted, our only friends? And then she says, well, you're not gonna like the story if you know how it ends and that is enough um terrible singing that you'll hear from me today but yes uh basically he asks you know what what their future holds and she says well you're not gonna like the story if you know how it ends <laughs> and that is so true um if i had known how my last relationship was going to end before it began all the sweetness and joy would have been sucked uh right out and yeah, in life, you know, you're, you're not able to see this far ahead. And that's for a good reason. We would never see things through. If humans could see the future, we would constantly, constantly be looking forward and changing our steps to create the least painful path. But I have to say, going through the pain, as cheesy as it sounds, makes you a better person. Or, or really, it, it makes you the person you are today. So despite everything uh that I've gone through that are bad I mean like um I don't regret it can't you can't regret it can't change the past moving on uh I haven't really been watching anything new I'm still on that new girl binge uh for the past 18 days I have watched 109 episodes or roughly 36 hours of new girl uh the latest episode I just watched was season 5 episode 15 uh Jeff Day Jess tries to buy a car and pretends to be a man to get a better deal and then Nick has to pretend to be that man when she goes to get that car in person and he wears a mustache and pretends to be Jeff Day, her husband. Which is a twisted comedic way of showing the misogynistic nature of our society that in order for a woman to be taken seriously, she has to have a man. Uh, I had a friend who recently had some guys park in front of her house and when she told them to leave, they were very rude and demeaning and basically ignored her. But the minute her boyfriend stepped out, they took off running. It was such a hilarious story to hear. For me, uh, personally, the ultimate way for me to get a guy to stop hitting on me at the bar is to say, oh, I have a boyfriend. And th that's messed up to me. Like if I say, oh, I'm not interested in you, they, they keep on persisting. And that is honestly very annoying <laughs> to all the men out there just to let you know um very annoying um, anyway, Jess ends up taking control when she test drives the car. Uh, she drives it super fast and recklessly until the salesman gives her a better deal, which is both frustrating that she has to do that, but boss that she did. 
Anyway, I also watched Spy Kids this week. Uh, all of the Spy Kids movies franchises are now on Netflix. Uh, I watched this movie uh, with a friend while we were painting our nails. And yeah, Spy Kids was one of the first movies I remember watching as a kid. Um, it was released in 2001. And in the first grade, uh, I think there was a movie night at the school and all the parents and the kids came and we sat on blankets and watched it. Uh, I think in the cafeteria slash gym. Um, I haven't watched it since because there wasn't Netflix when I was in elementary school and it seemed like a waste of money to rent a movie I had already seen. Uh, but yeah, rewatching it, I, uh, it was so cool because I just remember loving the movie so much. And it's strange to re-watch things. So um, there's one thing that my yoga instructor from Berkeley, uh, Tony Marr, I took a yoga class when I was in school. One of the things that she said that really stuck with me was that uh, you should re-watch things. You should reread things, reread things, re-listen to songs that you liked in the past because um, each time you watch, listen, read, it again, um, you see something different. Uh, and it's funny because that media stays the same, but yet you as a person has changed and your memory is not uh, um, 100% accurate. And so rewatching it is such a different experience, especially because I haven't watched this movie in what, um, nine, 18 years? Um, but yeah, it's funny watching it as an adult because I remember how scared I was of the thumb thumb robots. They're literally robots uh, with a thumb for a head and they just looked so strange to me and they, they freaked me out. But now uh, watching it, especially now that special effects and CGI and all that has gotten so much better, just rewatching it just seems silly about how uh, scared I was um I was such a scaredy cat as a kid like I remember I um I threw water on the tv uh when we were watching Power Rangers me and my brother because I was scared of the bad guys and I wanted them to go away so I threw water on the tv and uh it, we still have that tv like I, I think it still works it's um but yeah I just remember my parents I think they were just I don't know if they were mad but they're just like go outside and play just go outside <laughs> Uh, but yeah, even even going in through it as like a teen, um, I, I, I was always the one to scream bloody murder uh, when watching scary movies, like embarrassingly so like I, I, I can handle sci fi and I can handle gore and stuff like that. But when things pop out at me, like like it's it's quiet all of a sudden and then something just just jumps and like yeah it's just like a loud noise that I don't know why that terrified me uh I, I would scream like to the point where my friends were just like whoa <laughs> like calm down it's just a movie um but yeah as I've gotten older I guess I've kind of um I see through all of that like I like especially um because I've acted in a few like short films and stuff so I kind of see like the movie making magic behind all of the horror 
Um, cause at the end of the day, they're just actors. And at the end of the day, it's just fake blood or it's just, um, CGI or whatever. And if you just remember that, I kind of, it just makes it uh, a little less scary, I suppose. And I guess as you, as you get older, you get, you're not as, uh, prone to being scared of imaginary things. Instead, you're scared of not having insurance in a year or not having, a reliable income the real real horror um but yeah as you can tell I am just rambling because I don't have that many media obsessions uh this week but yes uh we have reached the end of the podcast I want to thank you so so much for joining me on this episode I hope you enjoyed it, and yes, if you want to hear me recite a poem, please stay after uh, the outro song. All right. Love (laughs) you. Love y'all. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a daisyish day. Hello, my poetry enthusiast field daisies. Today's poem that I want to read is Nothing is Lost by Noelle Coward, and it's one of my all-time favorite poems. And I like it because it talks about how in our subconscious uh, lies all our memories, even those ones that we've forgotten. And I think it is a fitting poem to read at the end of this episode because I talk about how uh, nothing is lost on the internet for those who have the little librarians and archivers. For us common folk, uh, we maybe have the comfort that everything that we've seen and experienced is still with us. And uh, yeah, so without further ado... Nothing is Lost by Noel Coward Deep in our subconscious, we are told, lie all our memories, lie all the notes of all the music we have ever heard, and all the phrases those we loved have spoken. Sorrows and losses time has since consoled, family jokes, outmoded anecdotes, Each sentimental souvenir and token, everything seen, experienced, each word addressed to us in infancy, before before we could even know or understand the implications of our wonderland. There they all are, the legendary lies, the birthday treats, the sights, the sounds, the tears. Forgotten debris of forgotten years, waiting to be recalled, waiting to rise before our world dissolves before our eyes, waiting for some small intimate reminder, a word, a tune, a known familiar scent, an echo from the past when, innocent, we looked upon the present with delight and doubted not the future would be kinder, and never knew the loneliness of night.